0: Well, trying not to kill anybody in the sermon. I think like it can't go any worse, uh, but it's a, this is the but this is the best church for it to go bad in. Um, what now? There's only one way to go, and that's up. Thanks, Ty. <laughs> All right, you can keep your comments to yourself from now on. Uh, So, we have uh, ended the the Old Testament look at the story. And one of the stories that we didn't really get into was this one. The story of Jonah. And someone told me this week, um, I forget who, uh, but they, they told me that they believe, it was Becky, Jonah is a jerk. And if you've read the story of Jonah, you'll know... That Jonah's not a very nice or good guy. Like he gets, he has one moment of good, and it's in this song, uh, in chapter two, which we're not going to look at today. We'll look at next week. But beyond that, he's easy to ridicule. But we do need to be careful when ridiculing people in Scripture. We make fun of the disciples for not getting it when we ourselves don't get it. What do we call Thomas? The doubter. When Thomas just didn't believe that someone came back to life, which seems like a good premise. We uh, ridicule the, the Israelites because they complain in the wilderness. They're in the desert without food, and water, and how many times this week did you be like, my phone's so slow. (laughs) But we'll look at the Israelites and we'll say, oh, the, the Israelites, they're just complainers. I know, they were dying of starvation. But when we look at Jonah, our temptation is to go, whew, Jonah. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Let's take a break from looking at Jonah with a knowing smirk and turn the mirror onto ourselves for just a second. Before we do that, we do got to see why Jonah was a jerk. We'll start Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, Nineveh is the capital of Assyria, and Assyria is the baddest people on the planet at this time. I mean that in, like, the the Webster and the Michael Jackson version of that word. They were... Everyone feared them. Everyone respected them. No one wanted them around. They were not good people and God had seen it and he said go tell them about my judgment get up the word here is used a lot arise get up go up to Nineveh go to that great city but look what Jonah did Jonah got up and went the opposite direction down to get away from the Lord he went down to the port of Joppa where he found, this is something the writer's doing, he's doing this play on the words of where God is calling Jonah and where Jonah actually goes. The directional literary device here is pretty cool um, to me and maybe like three other nerds in the audience, but get away from the Lord. He went down to Jaffa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish, the hardest to pronounce word in the Bible. He brought a ticket and went on board. Try it later hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. What a dummy, we say. Escape from the Lord. Go down to Joppa instead of up to Nineveh. You're escaping the Lord? Who escapes the Lord? Sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break up the ship. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? I love this. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm like you do. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why? Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, "I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, or I worship Yahweh, the God of heaven, the who made the sea and the land." And the sailors were terrified. They heard this, and for he uh, he had already told them. He was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. They were nice enough not to throw him overboard immediately. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. Then the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. This uh, story all happens because Jonah was afraid to go to Nineveh. He was afraid to go in the direction that God was calling him. And so these men on the boat almost died because of Jonah's choice. Because Jonah ran away from God. from Because Jonah was afraid to go to Nineveh. God called Jonah to one direction and he, knowing full well, ran in the other direction. Sometimes when God calls us heavenward, when God calls us to his kingdom work, we go in the opposite direction because of fear of God. Because we fear what God is capable of. Now you may hear that and you may say, no, 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 Benjamin. Jonah was not afraid of God. Apparently, he wasn't afraid of God at all. He thought he could outrun it. But notice what Jonah says to God in the end. See, we have Jonah uh, getting up. He tells him, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because people, have seen how wicked those people are. He's not afraid of those people. Jonah got up and went down in the opposite direction to to Joppa because he was afraid of what God would do. I'll show you. Let's skip to the end. The story goes, well, we'll, we'll go back once, don't read that, it Just said but the, the story goes, Jonah gets swallowed by a great fish, and um, he is in the fish for three days, and three nights, and he, he sings a song there, we'll talk about the song next week, and then, uh, the, God causes the fish to throw him up. It's still, the, the, the writer writes that and giggles because, you know, he's doing this up. You know, they pick him up, they throw him down. They, they, he's, Jonah has been going up and down this whole time. I have no idea. Why did that go blank? Yeah. The, uh, the, so he, he's, the fish throws him up. Can you imagine being the fisherman on the shore cleaning your nets? Just scrubbing them. Like, well, day's almost done. Got to get these nets ready for tomorrow. Gigantic fish. Gets sick. Onto the beach. Man stands up out of said sick. And walks north. Well, my wife's not going to believe that. Gets heads to Nineveh. Preaches the shortest sermon in history, walks to the middle of town, it's a huge town, walks to the middle of the town and says, repent, and leaves. He really doesn't even try. And everybody in town repents and, and believes that God's judgment is real and God shows them grace. And every and God, instead of destroying the city, Shows mercy on the city. And this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. He became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say? Didn't I say? For I left home that you would do this, Lord. This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are merciful and and compassionate God. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Jonah was not afraid to go up to Nineveh because of the people in Nineveh. He was afraid because God is good and Jonah had in his mind who God was supposed to be good to and knew God would break those rules. He was afraid of the grace and mercy of God extended to other people. He knew that if he went and preached to people he didn't like, if he went and showed God to people he didn't like, then God would do good things for them. He knew that God would show mercy and kindness to them. And he was right. And he didn't like it. I think sometimes deep down in us, one of the reasons we don't share the gospel is because we think it'll work. Because there's just a certain type of people that we're just not sure about. Now for you, that might not be like a broad group of people. (coughs) You might not be a racist or like not not just like really dislike a certain type of person but for you that might be a person with a name with a past and their past intertwines with yours and if you talk to them about God it might just work if you tell them about the king they might give in Jesus is constantly calling us to forgive like God has forgiven us. And when we we don't, we're rooting for Satan to have his way with people. But the, the Assyrians are gods. They belong to God. Those in Nineveh Belong to God. Your enemy belongs to God. God is aching to show grace and mercy to your enemy and who best to tell them about the love of God than the person who has to work the hardest to love them. We are called to a higher place. God tells us to raise ourselves up, get up, and be bigger than yourself. Go someplace higher than yourself. God is calling us to live like He has called Jonah to preach with and to people that we're not quite sure we like. This is really hard for me because I have like weird. I, I have some weird standards. I they're not maybe typical, but so like for example, I, I went to a, uh, I went to a, a band concert recently. Uh, it was Nathan's Nathan's last band concert as the band director, and it was in the gym. And people were just treating it like it was a basketball game. Have you ever tried to light someone on fire with your eyes? <laughs> so typically, the, the the rule for art is if it's the middle of a performance, even in an auditorium, you wait until the next until the break. So if you're standing outside the, in the in the foyer and they're performing a song, you you, you don't even go in. They don't even open the doors on, at a play or something like that. You know where you 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 wait. There's a break, you can go in. Don't disrupt the art. And like there was a a song going on, and people were like, hey, how's Danny? I haven't seen Danny in a while. You know I saw Brenda. (laughs) Do you know Yufa's alive? (laughs) They were just saying things. (laughs) They were like just talking. In the middle, these kids have worked so hard on this art, and they're like, "Basketball's fun." They, we don't have an auditorium that can that can handle that sort of thing. But then I went to a dance recital in DeQueen, and DeQueen has a fantastic auditorium. No offense, but they have a fantastic auditorium, way better than anything they have over here. And and it didn't help. People just walking in. I wanted those people to just go away forever. can't feel that way like when i feel that when i feel those feelings i've got to i got to think all right what system am, am i building that allows me to be better than these people what foolish things do i do that they would think are crazy and how are we the same god calls us upward The problem is, a lot of times we think we're so high up that we have nobody to preach to in that direction. We think our evangelism is just reaching down to the people who are less than and pulling them up. Maybe they'll learn to act properly. You know, we went to Africa, not me, but just Christian, went to Africa in the 70s and, and taught people about Jesus. You know what they learned most? How to wear khaki pants on Sundays. We taught them how, we, we thought, well, to, to look like a Christian, you got to wear khaki pants. We brought, the, we brought Bibles and khaki pants to a mission. That's nuts. It's because we looked at a certain group of people and said, oh, they're not quite as civilized. They, this is how we must get them to be like Jesus and get them to be like us. But first, let's get them to be like us. But if you talk to Jesus about yourself, you talk to God and ask God to help you to be honest with yourself, you might realize that you're not reaching down for anyone. And the good news is that Jesus got up from heaven and came down to earth so that we might go up to heaven. Jesus reached down for us. The one who was truly greater made himself less, made himself a man, submitted himself to death. Not just any death, but the death of a criminal. The death of a criminal on a cross. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Including the need of the person you like less. (laughs) The person you think is less. It's not that you don't think God can do it. I think sometimes that we think God will. And we'd prefer Him not. We'd prefer that not to happen. What type of person frustrates you show them Jesus what's crazy is they might not then become a type of person that doesn't frustrate you because personality types are just how you you're stuck with them sometimes but they're going to belong to God and that's what God called you to who is it that is irritating you? Show them Jesus. They will still irritate you. But at least they'll be Jesus. That's what he calls us to. This is a weird story here in Jonah. And it's and it's it's hard to really get a handle on this guy. But we know that is at his core. is a a very common instinct. The people who are different from me are less than me. And God calls him out of that to something beautiful, something worthwhile. Instead, he says, "I'm, I'm going as far away from that as possible. God says, that's not going to work for you. And I don't think it's going to work for you guys either. Who are the type of people that bother you the most and do for them what Jesus did for you? Become less so that they might find forgiveness. Come less so that they might find resurrection. Submit, serve so that they might find Jesus. Jesus did that for you. That's the the good news is that Jesus is our king. And from that kingship comes all sorts of wonderful things. Salvation and we are unified and we are made holy and we we are blessed. We are guided by the Holy Spirit to Jesus. it It is so consistently good the things that Jesus is giving us. And He is making us new. But He's also calling us up. Get up. Say what needs to be said about the Gospel to people that you don't want to say anything to. Is God calling you there today? Is God calling you to Jesus for the first time? In your heart, are you thinking, I've never even given my life to Jesus. I don't know what that looks like. I've never been united into His death, burial, and resurrection through baptism. and I've, I've never experienced forgiveness and salvation. I've never had the hope of resurrection. Then today's the day. But if you spent your life praising God for your salvation and His grace and His mercy but haven't given any of it away then you need to repent of that this morning and pray for courage to arise and go to Nineveh and celebrate with Nineveh unlike Jonah celebrate with Nineveh God has shown mercy to people that you might not completely love. Whatever you need this morning, please come forward while we stand and